Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, July 10th, and this is your FT News Briefing. U.S. and European banks in Hong Kong are conducting emergency audits of their clients. A former Wirecard executive bragged about accessing classified documents about Russian chemical weapons, and coronavirus has encouraged people to travel by bike, but manufacturers are having a hard time keeping up. Plus, the textile industry in Leicester has been the target of human rights campaigners over the years. The FT's Patricia Nilsson will explain how coronavirus has put the spotlight back on one company, Boohoo. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Next week, Donald Trump could sign the Hong Kong Autonomy Act. It would impose sanctions on Chinese officials and corporates that ignore Hong Kong's semi-autonomous status. And now, U.S. and European banks in Hong Kong are conducting emergency audits of their clients. They're trying to identify which officials and corporates could possibly face these sanctions. So what might these sanctions from the U.S. look like? Well, they could range from freezing the property owned by individuals and companies to cutting them out of the U.S. financial system. The sanctions could also stop banks from conducting foreign exchange transactions where the U.S. has jurisdiction. Lawyers say this could all force financial institutions to choose between doing business with the U.S. or doing business with China. Last week, China imposed a national security law on Hong Kong. It's a move that the U.S. said ended the one-country, two-system structure that's been in effect since 1997. The Wirecard story takes yet another twist. In a 2018 meeting, Wirecard's former chief operating officer, Jan Marsalek, showed off classified documents that included information on a Russian chemical weapon. That's according to two London traders who attended the meeting. Mr. Marsalek had bragged of ties to intelligence services to curry favor with them. The Financial Times reviewed these documents. They included the formula for Novichok, the world's deadliest nerve agent. And the documents include the use of the Russian chemical that was used to poison an ex-spy and his daughter in the UK in March 2018. The British government blamed the attack on two officers from Russia's GRU military intelligence unit. Mr. Marsalek helped run Wirecard for a decade before it filed for insolvency last month in a fraud scandal. He disappeared in the run-up to the company's collapse. And a lot of people aren't willing to take the increased risk of infection that comes with public transportation. Take that fact and combine it with people looking for a form of recreation. And it explains why millions of people are turning to cycling. But the newfound popularity has resulted in a global bicycle shortage. Bike manufacturers in Western markets have struggled to meet the surging bicycle demand. So have Asia's two biggest markets, China and Taiwan. Customer research group Fox Intelligence says that online cycling sales in France surged 350% in May. With stores around the world selling out as soon as new bikes get delivered, all that's left are premium brands and frustrated customers on months-long waiting lists. So why can't bike makers just make more bikes? Social distancing measures and staff absences due to illness or self-isolation have curbed production. And if people can't buy new bikes, they're turning to their old ones, which means bike mechanics have seen a mini-boom of their own. Fast fashion has always had a dark side. We can buy our clothing cheaply thanks to multitudes of poorly paid workers in often unsafe garment factories around the world. 
But in the UK, a recent spike in coronavirus cases in the city of Leicester has thrown a spotlight on safety practices closer to home. At the center of these concerns is the Boohoo fashion brand. Boohoo's share price tumbled after the company was accused of fueling the spread of the virus in Leicester. And allegations emerged that workers were being paid illegally low wages to make clothes for Boohoo. Patricia Nilsson, the FT's consumer and industries reporter, has more. There have been fairly frequent reports about illegal wages and poor working conditions in the UK's garment industry for about a decade. And Leicester is the industry's biggest UK hub. The FT's Sarah O'Connor did an investigation into this two years ago, and she ended up giving evidence to a parliamentary review into both the social and environmental impact of the fast fashion industry. The government, however, last year rejected all recommendations and said there was enough voluntary action by the industry. But fast forward two years, and it seems the problems are still widespread. It all came to the forefront again last week when a group called Labour Behind the Label published a report that not only resurfaced allegations of illegal wages and widespread benefit fraud in Leicester's garment industry, it also said there was little compliance with social distancing rules and that people had been asked to come into work despite being sick, which meant they linked the industry directly to the second coronavirus outbreak in Leicester, which is now once again under lockdown. The Sunday Times then did an undercover investigation, which found clothes labeled Nasty Gal, which is one of Boohoo's brands, at a factory where they claimed workers were being paid £3.50 an hour, which is way below national minimum wage. So a lot of stuff going on, uh, as you just mentioned. How has Boohoo defended itself? Boohoo said the clothes in question had been made by a Moroccan subcontractor on the order of one of its suppliers in Leicester, and that the clothes had been sent to be packed without Boohoo's authorization at the factory featured in the Sunday Times article. It's important to note that Boohoo has said uh, it didn't find any evidence of illegal wages. It did, however, terminate its relationships with the supplier and subcontractor in question due to other issues without disclosing what that meant. The company has also launched an independent review of its supply chain. Has this been enough to ease the concerns of shareholders? The company has said that it is, and I quote, shocked and appalled by the recent allegations and that it is committed to stamping out any issue in its supply chain. Time will tell whether this will be enough. Uh, shareholders have largely backed the company. Boohoo's largest independent shareholder, Jupiter, even upped its stake on Monday. And the rebound in Boohoo's share price on Thursday indicates that some investors feel better about the situation. There are so many instances of fashion retailers mistreating workers around the world. Patricia, why is so much attention being paid to Boohoo right now? Many other retailers, such as ASOS or New Look, have in the past few years reduced the number of Leicester factories they use, citing difficulty to ensure compliance. And most of them now only work with minimum wage compliance suppliers that are audited by a group called Fast Forward, which was set up a few years back by fashion buyers to address these problems. And critics have argued that Boohoo has not taken as many steps to improve the situation. They are not a member of Fast Forward, for example. I mean, it's important to stress here that there are garment manufacturers in the UK who are working to improve the industry, but many of them tell us they won't work for Boohoo because they simply can't make clothes that cheap while ensuring that workers have a decent wage and work environment. So Patricia, I'm wondering, do you think this will raise consumer awareness? I think often we see clothing at low prices and we don't give it much thought. 
Um, will this open up the conversation about how goods make their way to customers? I mean, yeah, definitely. I think people are increasingly talking about these issues and you've seen more and more retailers taking steps to publicize who their suppliers are and take action to ensure that their workers are treated fairly. The question now is whether anything is actually going to change in the UK as well, because as we know, this has been going on for many years and so far very little has been done to tackle it. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Amy Keene, Fiona Simon, and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Amelia Mahasek, and we had help from Gavin Coleman and Michael Bruning. Our theme song is by Metaphor Music. And one more thing before we go, join the Financial Times for a virtual discussion about racial inequality and discrimination in boardrooms. Our own Andrew Edgecliffe-Johnson, you've heard him on this show, will be joined by Pamela Newkirk, Claudia Romo-Edelman, and Amanda Garrett. It's the first in a series of events that will examine the world's new economic reality. It'll take place on Monday, July 13th from 12 to 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Sign up at ft.com slash new economic reality. That's ft.com slash new economic reality. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit from a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.